This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is the leader. I'm at a petrol station in Leighton, East London, where I'm told queues started forming on Thursday last week from 6am when it opens until closing time at midnight. And they've seen that every day since. And this has obviously been seen at four courts everywhere, with frustrations boiling over in some places. At a different petrol station in North London, police were called to this scene at the weekend where a man was arrested on suspicion of assault. We are in the worst fuel crisis for 20 years and Petrol Retailers Association Chairman Brian Madison appeared on BBC Breakfast to appeal for calm. If they start uh, buying in their normal quantities, 20 pounds worth, 20 litres to fill up every week, uh, we could see by the end of this week some return to normality. It won't be perfect, but some return. But if they keep paying and buying a tank load full, uh, then there's no chance because with 36 million vehicles on the road and 2 billion litres of, uh, of storage, uh, that's far more than the industry can cope with. Well, back in the newsroom is our associate editor, Jonathan Prynne, who joins me over Zoom. Jonathan, at this petrol station, things seem to be fairly calm, apart from a lot of horn blowing. But elsewhere, we've been seeing a lot of anger in those queues, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Um, I think anyone who lives in London is aware of these incredibly long lines that have built up around petrol stations that, that are known to have supplies. And we've seen some really, really unsavory behavior people getting out and, and actual fights breaking out at the pumps for people who are so desperate to get the fuel into their cars we've even heard stories of drivers tracking down tankers and following them in sort of little mini convoys all the way to the garages where they were going to replenish supplies just so they could be the fir- first in line once the once the tanks had been uh, filled up so you know it's all it's all pretty chaotic and really makes for terrible headlines and terrible pictures for the government. This is happening all over the country, Jonathan, but you found that London itself is being particularly hard hit. It's about as bad as it, it can be in London. It's, this thing ha- started in London in the middle of last week and, and has uh, reached its sort of apogee in London. There are sort of numerous 
sets of circumstances in London make it worse here. One is the sheer shortage of filling stations, which is, well, there's more drivers per filling station in London than anywhere else in the country, which is partly because so many garages and forecourts have been converted into housing and shops and so on over the last few years because there's more there's more money in retail and residential property than there are in uh, than there is in in um, filling station forecourts so that's one problem another problem i've heard is that a lot of the drivers of hgv trucks they tend not to live in london and, and the southeast so there's been a bit of a issue that london has not been a priority that they, they've been tending to go to the nearest filling stations to fill up and London has just been a bit more difficult to logistically to get to and another theory I heard was that as soon as the work got around all the cabbies went and filled up immediately because obviously their livelihood is 100% dependent on on having a full tank of petrol so the cabbies all rushed in to fill up suck the pumps dry uh, right at the beginning of this of this crisis. And this is how we've ended up with situations like that, seen by Yasser Ahmed, who runs the West Drayton service station with his father. They got a fuel delivery on Friday. They'd run out by Sunday. I was non-stop, like we didn't have time to breathe. We couldn't, if there was spillage outside, I because it's a single man operation. So if the, there's a spillage, I'm having to hold everyone, clear the spillage, then go rush back in. We, we couldn't breathe, we, I couldn't even sit down. And this is more important than the inconvenience of a long queue to get fuel. There are things like ambulances, for example, unable to fill up right now. That's right. That's starting to emerge today um, at the start of the working week. I mean, the, you know, the weekend is, is one thing and it's not great for people who can't get around to do the things that they want to do on their weekend. But on a Monday morning, it's altogether different situation because we've seen lots of reports teachers nurses doctors who who haven't been able to refuel their cars and have not been able to get to their workplaces or appointments and so, and so on we had some there was some uh, a lady on facebook this morning who described how her daughter's critical care appointment this morning had to be cancelled because her doctor couldn't get from london where he lived up to Coventry where the meeting was supposed to be um, taking place or the appointment and she was distraught uh, obviously waited a long time for this uh, very important appointment so you know it, it's more than just inconvenience now it's potentially life-threatening in, in extreme circumstances and certainly very bad potentially knock-on effects for education and, and of course for business. Is the army going to get involved Jonathan? I think that's always a last resort because it, it just looks like the government has lost control of the situation if you bring in the troops. Of course, the army has a huge list of other priorities at the moment and is, is very stretched itself. So I, I think that they'd that, that be very loath to have, you know, pictures of sold, images of soldiers um, filling up petrol stations on, on streets up and down the the land but it may come to that because ultimately the country runs on fuel and and without it things economic activity kind of grinds to a halt so and, and gov that that's a sort of extinction event for governments remember that tony blair's in tony blair's uh, years at number 10 labor only fell behind the conservatives for a brief period when uh the, during the fuel process of of 2000 autumn 2000 almost exactly 21 years ago. So the government will be watching this very, very closely um, and will be very fearful if the situation deteriorates any further. So I think the army for now is 
sort of in the wings, uh, and but it'll, it'll only come out if, if things don't start to improve over the next day or two. So Downing Street's clearly trying to improve things as quickly as possible, but what solutions are they actually looking at? Well, they've already announced two measures, two practical measures. One is a, a minor U-turn on Brexit and allowing 5,000 short-term visas to be issued to drivers from the continent. Of course, we lost 20,000, 30,000 of them uh, after Brexit. And that is a very major contributory factor in, in this current crisis. Not the only one by any means, but certainly a significant contributory factor. So 5,000 of them will be allowed into the country for a three-month period up to, up to Christmas. Uh, also, the government is suspending the usual competition rules that stop suppliers sort of talking to each other and colluding about where they're going to deliver petrol to and prices and so on, just for the period of the, of the crisis to try and so the industry can coordinate supplies where they're most needed. So those are two things that have happened already. And I'm sure that the number one message today is that this is all to do with panic buying. The supply is there. If demand just went back to normal levels, then the situation could be normalized fairly, fairly quickly. The trouble is with petrol, you know, panic buying is also arguably rational buying. Uh, it's an opportunity for people to fill up their car for an essential commodity um, and it's very hard I think by just government ministers saying don't panic in a sort of Corporal Jones way um, to, to persuade the people to stop doing what we've seen them doing over the weekend. What's been the business response to all of this? Do they think that these measures are going far enough to help them? There, there's an overwhelming message from business this morning to government and that is get a grip. Business is really fearful of, of how this will start to impact on, on their everyday activities. We haven't seen yet any huge examples of, of businesses that have uh, been sort of unable to function. But, you know, it, it's probably only a few days away when deliveries and supplies can't get in and product can't be got to, to customers and so on. Businesses will start to feel the pain very, very severely within, you know, we're probably talking 24, 48 hours. And, and that, has huge implications for the economy as a whole if it runs, if this crisis isn't resolved really very quickly. And this is obviously coming off the back of what's been a terrible year for business as it is. This is just not what companies need right now, is it? It really isn't. Um, you know, we, we all know what happened to business last year, two or three lockdowns, the deepest recession in, in recorded history. And unfortunately, you know, it had looked like the economy was bouncing out of that fairly robustly and fairly rapidly and, and things are starting to look much more optimistic and but these are all really unhelpful headwinds that stop the economy from recovering the way we'd like it to and yeah i think business leaders are, are really very very concerned about this And that's the leader. Keep up to date with the story at standard.co.uk with lots of analysis in the newspaper too. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now 
wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.